0: The official podcast of the Twin Cities Division of the National Model Railroad Association. The topics and discussions are about the world's greatest hobby, model railroading. Here are your hosts, Thomas Gajer and Ken Zeska. to the Crossing Gate, the official podcast of the Twin Cities Division of the National Model Railroad Association. We are a division in the Thousand Lakes region and you can find our group on Facebook, the Twin Cities Division of the NMRA. This is our first podcast, so please subscribe and look for future episodes. We will be discussing many aspects of model railroading. This episode is a roundtable discussion on operation and the use of car cards. The panel includes Ken Zeska, Joe Binish, Dan Dosa, and myself, Thomas Gazier. We hope you enjoy and give us feedback as we learn the art of podcasting and bringing you model railroad discussions. So let's get on with our episode one. So, does anybody have any specific points they want to bring up? We can just talk about operations, good, bad, and different, you know, what we've experienced on our layouts and on others that we enjoy. I don't want this to be operations 101, I want to bring up the different versions, how people operate, especially even within car cards, We have all the nuance. Yep. Even if you have car cards and waybills, from layout to layout to layout, you're going to have differences. Yep, sure, so sure. So, if you guys want to bring that up. I prefer
1: car cards, but that's just what I was kind of raised on. I don't mind switch lists, but what I get real frustrated with it, and my layout does the same thing, is there's a learning curve when you come to a layout figuring out what do they mean by this train or that train or where do the cars go. And the worst thing to me is when they have west or east, and there's no – and if you make a mistake or you send a west car west, but it should have been on train 310 instead of, you know – train 26 there's no there, there's no documentation behind what they're tr- what's trying to
2: have happen and then just something uh and this is kind of 101 but at some point it might be good to have a a 101 thing be talking about the type of orientation the length of the session some of the some of the things like that would be would be helpful Do you, me- you
1: find that helpful when when you invite people for a session when you set up the crew i don't do this as much as I should, but I'd like to email and say, okay, these, this is the crew. This is when we're starting. Show up at this time. Maybe we need to have more information go out to say, this is an example of what I'm using for car routing and train routing. What do you guys think of that?
3: I don't think people will read it. That's the problem, okay. honestly. But I yeah. think that what would be nice if I'm going to go to a new layout is to be able to say, okay, if I get here, 20 30 minutes early you'll give me a rundown yeah. of, you'll you'll give me a schematic of the layout and kind of tell me where you know because you know what's what but I don't know what's what right so you know, if I got the if you know if I've got the fourth avenue job I don't know what the fourth avenue job is you know and I think as you know being able to orient people to the layout and to the operating system makes yeah. a lot of sense and I think that those are the things that would help uh, the other is just remembering that that we were all new at this once, and everybody gets confused. Right. So
0: a safety briefing beforehand for a limited time for new members, and then for regular crew, any updates? Is that what you're? Is that what you were talking about, Joe and Dan? You were? It's yeah. Saying. So John O'Brien does that on his layout. Everybody ends
1: up sitting down in his crew lounge and is you know doing the normal BS and that kind of stuff beforehand. And then he'll ring his little bell and everybody stops talking mostly. And then he goes over what's going to happen in the session, what's he's fixed or repaired or added. And, you know, this is what time we should expect to wrap up kind of thing. And I think that's really good and I never do it. How long does his
0: safety briefing go in length time-wise? 10 minutes if that. Okay. You know. And that's yeah, an experience
3: crew? Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. I don't think you need a lot of time, but I – you know, at least for me, I need to sort of understand what's happening, what's going where, what different, you know, what's what on the layout. And then once I've got that, then I can go ahead and kind of go from there and ask questions and figure figure out my way. But yeah, you know, if you wanted, I went to somebody's layout and they said, okay, well, you've got the train from Duluth to Staples. And I'm like, okay, well, where's Staples? Where's Duluth? Because you know, it's, it's a collection of buildings that you've got on your layout. Yeah. So the things that you
0: talked about, like in this email, you wouldn't really care about all the points, but would you want to know if they're running car cards or 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 ship it or tab or what? Would you want to know just the type of operation system you're walking into? Would any of that interest you guys, Ken or anybody? Or?
2: I think that's good. I, I'm afraid like dances, a lot of people aren't going to read it. One of the other things that I was thinking is, when you, unless you have the same crew all the time, if you have anybody new, make sure you introduce everybody to everybody else. Don't assume they know each other.
0: Maybe, maybe name tags or pins. That's a good one. Introductions, but, but what would you want to know? We've all experienced operations and you're going to someone's layout and what are the things that you'd want to know before we dig into the car cards or something? What are, you know maybe what's expected you know we all know what's expected of a decent human being but maybe what's expected of the layout if you want to know
3: you know yeah tom when one of the things that i set up this is uh, this is off my layout but this is sort of my, my quick overview of the layout and if anybody took 5 minutes to read it it would give a good overview of the operations of the layout and both both conceptually and in, in actuality pretty much would lay out most all of the breadcrumbs you need to run
0: a train. Would you send that out ahead of time? Like, this is a podcast, so no one can see what you held up, but you had a list of jobs. Would you send that out ahead of time, or is that what you wait till someone shows up? They just know they're going to operate your Minnesota commercial layout, you know, or the, you know, central of Minnesota or the, you know, the Prairie Central, and then you hand them a
3: list, so the less they get ahead of time is better or no? Yeah. In honesty, yes, I don't think people are going to read it in advance. I'm, I'm pessimistic about that. It's, you know, it's kind of like opening a kit. I mean, who wants to read the instructions? Right. Just lunge right in. <laughs> um, so, but I, I think being able to uh, have something like that also, for me, uh, you know, it's attached to the, to the engineer's clipboard and they can reference it whenever they need to.
0: Well, let's let's jump to the actual operations, and we'll lean on Joe and other guys about car cards and waybills. Joe, what do you feel are the advantages for you of using those car cards and waybills on your side? I like it because if somebody makes a mistake, it's not a catastrophic
1: failure for the switch list or whatever. If they pull, send the car on the wrong train, if the Yardmaster does that, and that happens every session simply because we move so many cars – then the the crew gets to their destination and says, "Oh shoot, this car isn't mine. Send it back to the yard. It'll it'll get to where it needs to go eventually." It's also a nice record of all my cars. You know, have a, a list of all my cars, which is now pushing three hundred. But during the session, it's generally pretty easy to see where the car goes for the next train. Though so if it's has a color on it, you set you my. Uh, delineators in the yard are color coded and they just go out on that color. If it' doesn't have any color on it, then it's a local and then you just have to read a little bit and it tells you what train it goes on. How does that keep a record of your cars? Because it's on uh, it's a computer program that I use to generate my cards. so it's um, ship it by Albion software, but it generates a a list of however many cards you have on your layout that you can export elsewhere if you want to, you know, make a
0: um, accountant's list of how many, how much you spent on your railroad or whatever. Okay, that's what you mean. So <laughs> it's all, all that's entered in a computer, not handwritten. Right, right. And switch lists are the same thing. You have to enter them in. You know,
1: if you're going to do a computer-generated switch list, you have to enter all the car numbers and names in to
0: generate this. All right. Ken, have you operated on – Waybills and car cards, or Dan, you guys want to weigh in on advantages you've seen?
2: Yeah, I've, I've operated a number of car cards. What Joe's talking about with the color coding is really helpful. Dave Hamilton's got a good system of doing that also, which helps you understand east and west. But my layout's not as large, so uh, so a lot of that's not not as necessary. No, I, I do like the car cards. And you know, as I said, Joe's and Dave Hamilton's both are similar but they've, and they've got lots of little niceties that help you know where things
3: are going. I like that.
0: Dan, what have you found you like an advantage when you're working with car cards?
3: I think to me the, the real strength with car cards is when you have trains that are transferring cars and they're moving across destinations, uh, interchange operations, things like that, because the, the cards are following the cars. And I, I think that's, that's helpful. It's also helpful on a larger layout where you've got many more trains operating again just to keep track of where everything is actually going uh, and where where it ultimately winds up and like joe said it's 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 self-healing if if the if the car gets to the wrong spot the card tells you where it needs to to wind up ultimately and you can figure out a way to get it back there now two
0: of you have mentioned that this works better on larger layouts do you feel that's an advantage if you have size layout or a number of cars, you're getting into the hundreds of cars, that the Car Card and Waybill is an advantage to the layout owner and the operator? You know, Joe, do you think so with the amount of amount of cars you move on your layout? Sure. Um, the Sometimes you end up having this big blob of cars you have to carry around, right?
1: And the clips aren't big enough to hold these things. But like Dan said, they follow you along. Um, Rich Ramirez's layout is, is, you know, takes a 16-man crew and you can the yard master will look through the train and and walk the train essentially before it comes out or when it comes into the yard and say, okay, these are all the cars I have. They make sense. They follow along what the train includes. Okay. We can go to work. And you know, I've seen guys write switch lists off of those, which is fine. It takes a few minutes, but it, it, you know, helps the switching. Car cards are hard to switch with. And if you have a big long train, because you've got to sort through two things, right? The cars and the cards, but it goes along with it. You know, the car goes along with the card or, or and vice versa. It's easy to see when you go pick up a train, if you've got that big blob of cars, okay, I'm looking for a longer train
0: or I'm going to have a longer train. You know, it's kind of intuitive that way. Now, I've also talked about the infrastructure. If that's, we can apply that to car cards where you have to build car card and way boxes at your industries or towns and maybe a sorting shelf. Have you guys seen that? And, yep. and that, that helps out immensely because yeah. we'll get to the disadvantages. But what other things would you recommend with the car card waybill like, besides the boxes? And then maybe tell me what you guys prefer to see on the boxes. Do you just want pulling spot? you want an off spot? Do you want a weight? You know, you know. Wh- what have you seen that's really good and what would you like to see better?
2: I, know, I do like it? the idea of a uh, shelf, but something that I was thinking about on the car cards A car card that is really easy to identify what the car is. I've seen some that have pictures on them, some that have a big logo, some that have a logo and an AAR code. But when you are new on a layout and you're handed 20 cards and you've got to do pickups and drop-offs, particularly in the smaller scales, you need all the help you can get to be able to identify.
3: Yeah, those are good points, Ken. Very good. Yeah, that's really important because there's that moment of sheer panic when you just get handed this deck of cards and and you're training your controller and they're like, have at it. Joe, do you have that
0: issue? I mean, you're you model in the the 40 foot brown boxcar era, right? Not to pigeonhole anything, but that's (laughs) that's literally the era of model rarity, model rarity. And you're doing Ken to a point, too, of everything's a 40 foot brown boxcar. So the only thing that separates it is that reporting mark? And if you had five Northern Pacific boxcars, is there a way that you would recommend helping someone out getting beyond that? Is there any tricks that you guys have learned? Or- Don't overweather your cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. But, yeah, no,
1: like I, I model them, you know, the 50s, 1953, so I have a lot of Penzi cars and a lot of B&O cars. And since I model M&Saint-El M&S territory, I have probably 15 m and saint L boxcars. And there's no easy way to say to pick out an individual car without reading the numbers. So you need to be, you know, and foolishly, I put some of them, the numbers very close to each other. And so now you end up with 5,026 and, oh, 5,226. Well, that wasn't very nice to the operators. That's just what happens. No, it's, it's my concept is to try and not do things fast, but to do them right. So I don't care if you're taking more time and we don't necessarily get all the trains run, I want you to put the right car in the right spot and then have a good time doing it, right? Right. So if we don't, like I said, get all the trains run, oh darn, I have to run them later. So
2: so that's such a great thing, though, to communicate because there are layouts that you'll go operate on where it's an endurance.
1: Yes, right.
2: So communicating that, that velocity up front is.
1: It's, I think we need to almost have a canned email that we send out to every crew to say, and you're, you're, to your point, make sure you have fun. It doesn't matter if we don't run all the trains. You know, be careful with this, and, and here's the emergency exit, and here's where the drinks are, and all that kind of stuff. But again, to Dan's point, maybe nobody
3: reads it. Yeah, well, I do think the the layout owner does a lot to create a climate. Are you? It's going to be fun. Yep. We're going to have a good time or they're, oh my God, we got to get these trains run. And what, what about job 86? Where's job 86? And you know, it's like, we do this for fun. <laughs> you know, we got to keep, we, we just have to keep it fun. The other piece related to that is the idea that no matter what the routing system is, car cards, switch lists, all I really want it to do is to serve, to direct what, why I'm moving a train and what I'm doing with that train. And otherwise, I just want to focus on running the train and having a good time.
0: I think, I think you've hit on all the points there. Now, to go along with the car cards, there's always the infamous waybill, which usually is tucked in a pocket. I think the majority of us have seen the waybill tucked in a pocket. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, how much detail do you as an operator want to see on there? And have you ever seen – I've seen them color-coded – and I used to call it dumbing down until I went to too many layouts. And now I appreciate that the waybill might be blue or red or green, and I want, and that's for a certain town or a train. What do you guys feel about the waybills as you look at them? How interesting do you want a layout owner to create
2: those? I do like, I, I think I mentioned that Hamilton, Dave Hamilton, color codes his waybills, and that's really helpful. To your point about dumbing down, that goes back. There are still some people out there. To think operations if you're having fun you're not operating and I, it, there still are some people some layouts operators that feel that way but i i do like it i like any any assistance i can get to help me do the job well and to have fun because i like to rail fan while i am operating i like to look at the town i li- like to look at the landscape i'm going through i don't want to just uh, be shuffling cars
1: i agree with you ken and i like how much information you know, I'm looking at uh, PENCY PRR 53086. It's an XM box car. Well, I don't have the color filled out. I don't have the length filled out. There are no notes. And then in there is a way bill uh, going to NSP. It's on the American hoist job. It's from Illinois Central Yard and, and Albert Lee. The lading is stampings. The route is the hoist job. I don't care about any of that other than to say it needs to go to NSP and it's carrying, it's going on the American hoist job. But the other stuff is is neat if you have time. Now it's not color coded simply because it's a local car on my layout. But you know, if it was going through, so the next cycle is goes on M and ninety six. So it has a green stripe on it. So you know, all that extraneous information fills out the piece of paper and uses up printer ink. It's not really necessarily useful unless you have a, a crew who likes to read that kind of stuff and know that oh i'm delivering that box of stamp the boxcar of stampings and that's
2: important but see that goes back to rail fanning yep. me. i enjoy reading that because
3: i like to know that i'm doing yep it. you know i i don't think of it in quite the same way but i agree with you both i first uh i don't think of it as rail fanning as much as entering a story as a participant rather than as an observer and i've I've often said it's very hard to describe to people who haven't operated that oper- what what operation is all about because it's a very active process and your focus becomes narrowed down to your train and your industries. Um, it, it's not uh, just watching the trains roll by. And, and I really like something that that helps me enter into the story. At the same time, I like to be able to know that I can quickly and easily get the critical information I have. I, you know, I, I wouldn't need to know that a boxcar came from Cleveland Cliffs and is now being delivered to Duluth via uh, this yard. Yeah, I need to know uh, what train is it going on, and which direction is it moving? Uh, if it's moving to an industry, I need to know where it's going. But I also, you know, for me, the little add-on is I kind of like to know what is it. If it's going to a hardware store. Or a hardware warehouse, what's in it? I, I, I like those little details in the story, but my main focus is that the information we most need is highlighted and clear. The rest, that's icing on the cake. And so to me, color coding and things like that, anything that makes it easier to get a quick reference of what I'm doing with this car, that's all good to me. So these waybills now we've talked
0: about there's two-sided and four-sided and Joe since you're the one using them do you use two-sided waybills? I think four-sided would mean a lot of on the layout moves rather than just on the layout to an industry and then off is that correct? Is that kind of how that works? So this Pensy boxcar I talked about has a four-sided
1: waybill, and then there's also an empty spot on the card. So it's actually five moves with a card if you count the, the waybill and the, what's on the car card. But, yeah, I do four. And and the, the program makes you do a certain amount of information and a certain amount of moves because it assumes that for you know for cycle two off of this uh, stampings for NSP, it assumes that the card is going to come out of there and go somewhere else on the layout. So you have to, you know, enter that information in and you essentially create a database with this program while you're, you're building the the way bills. So yeah, I use foresight and you know, sometimes I cheat
0: and handwrite stuff if I'm, I want to do something special. I don't think that's cheating. So you brought up a point we forgot to mention was that if you have a car card without a way bill, it's considered an empty. Right. And then the car card itself, usually where the way bill sits will have a routing. Yes. What would you, you know, the area you model again, which, you know, would you route it back to its home road or could you steal that? Hey, there's a flat car. We're going to use that to load something to send That's out. what but I it? wanted. That's what I
1: wanted to do is figure out how to, to do that better. But my yard is so small and so tight as it is that I don't have, I want to have a track full of empties that the, the yard master can pull from to send to industry but I don't have enough room for it. So I haven't implemented it. So
0: when I build my big layout, that's what I'm (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we all get the 20 by 40. Well, let's move on to like the infrastructure we talked about. When you're going with your handful of car cards and you arrive to where you're going to switch, what do you all want to see there with the car cards you have for your train and the cars that are spotted there? What would be a best example of uh, a layout? for what you want to operate on? So at a minimum, um, I have set out, pick
1: up an off spot. And then a lot of times I'll put a divider in the off spot one and behind that or hold cars so that they don't get moved for this particular session. But that's at a a minimum. There are some folks who go to the point of having a track for every industry or a a slot for every industry. And so that, you know, if you pull into town and there are 10 industries, you've got 10 pockets to work out of i don't do that just because i want to build that many you know uh, card boxes
2: I, i think joe that that would add a lot of complication for everybody and i don't know that it it gains that much the way you've got it where it's uh spots pickups and holds is just great
1: yeah, it works, and and that's one of the things when you go to somebody else's layout, you have to figure out, right? How are, how are they f- getting these to function? And that's what takes a few minutes at the beginning of the session to in your head, but I've never had a problem going to different layouts and, and
3: not being able to figure it out fairly quickly. I've liked Greg Dahl's uh, layout, the way he's designed it with, with the boxes, and he uses more of a particular track, and he's also got a, a little... Mini schematics right there. So track 403, and and you know it's it's very clear. You you can look in track 403, and you've got in the box you've got all right. There's four cars sitting in 403, and I need that car and I need that car, and I'm putting these cars in there. And because of the ergonomics of his layout, uh, that's doable, and it's really it's it's kind of delightful to work on because it's so. It's so readily easy to visualize what you're doing. And your, card, your cards are basically going into the equivalent uh, in terms of boxes that the uh, train cars are going into. So your, your pulls and spots of your cards and your pulls and spots of your uh, cards all line up. And it's it's nice to work with. It's very, very, uh, very user-friendly.
1: So Dan, get, in Trek 3, does he have cars that are going to stay, cars that are that you're gonna pick up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. So you have to, that's just something that's clear on the switch list or the car cards or whatever. You well,
3: need. what's gonna be clear on it is, you know, the, the car cards are gonna let you know, you know is, is this car to be pulled mm-hmm. or is it a hold? Yep,
0: okay, cool. Anything else besides the boxes, I know there's sometimes little shelves or things like that. Have you guys ever seen any innovative ways to handle the amount of car cards when you're switching? shelves are good I like
1: shelves um, I use a aluminum or a plastic jade channel for siding it's a little stiff so I need to figure a bigger way to or better way to do that I really don't like it when people lay cars cards up against the cars because now they can't move anything but I you know I've done that myself when you get to a town and there's just a ton of work to do lay everything out get it figured out and then pick up everything and now you can work you know give yourself little bites to work instead of
2: Having cars
1: and car cards spread out all over the layout.
2: Well, what's interesting that just popped into my mind is if a uh, local crew were coming into a town and had 20 jobs to do, what would they do? I guess I've heard they go out and chalk each car, but uh, is that how they handle that in the prototype? Interesting question.
0: Yeah. That... Well, I think what, what we do now, modern day, is we do all our pulls first. You know, you, you always want to go in an industry light, so you go in there and pull them all. And then you go spot second. So even even if you had you know two or three tracks you know that were near, you'd probably want to pull those three in ABC industry if they were close by, and then go spot AB. So I'm and there's a, how many ways can you peel an onion? I was just I was just looking for if people like those little shelves? Did they like the U channels or did you like? I like the boxes where you can see the car cards. I've seen little shadow boxes people tuck cards in and you can't tell what it is. Yeah. So. You know, for operating, but they're out of the way. Everybody's the most valuable real estate on model railroads is actually your aisle, from, from what I've seen. So you, know, you don't want the less you have sticking out in the aisle for people to get stuff caught on a throttle or this and that. But yeah, that's my problem is I don't have enough aisle space. Enough. As, so I, I can't. I would like to have the shelves, but don't. What do you guys think of the future of car cards and way bills? Do you think people are going to adapt it? What do you think the next level is? I like Ken's idea of the photo card. I know some people have the, we operate layouts and they just have a car card. There is no way bill mainly because I know they can operate in an era where that car, that hopper car is always going to that elevator and then always leaving. You know, that auto rack is always going to the auto and back. So they don't need a way bill. In the so I've, operated, I've operated a couple of layouts where the guys do, they take a prototype way bill,
1: which is a big sheet of paper, eight and a half by 11 and shrink it down to be, you know, three by four or two by four or whatever put the relevant information on there and that's really cool it's really prototypical you really have to sometimes hunt and peck to find the information you need i don't see that there's a whole lot more we can do with cart cards and waybills i don't know maybe i'm not imaginative enough i mean it, it once it gives you the information it's it's job is done right until you yeah. need it again
2: so I there's think you're right yeah you're i think you're right joe the it, it is what it is the idea of uh, if you could have a picture of the car on there, that's an enhancement. But that's that's just what it is. It's not a fundamental change. But the other thing that goes, remember we're talking about handling that pack of cards is, is there a spot where you can lay your throttle or hang your throttle conveniently while you're doing the cards? You... <laughs> Two-man cruise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, I just I just wonder about technology, if maybe some people are going to adapt Car cards to an iPhone, and you can flip through a program and have them digitally. But then you're still carrying around another electronic device, a tablet or something. I just—that's really interesting. I, I that popped into my head right before you said that
1: about having it on the phone. And now you have to have the data transfer between the either the staging yard and the phone, and uh, or the yardmaster and the phone to be able to pick up your cars and and have it. And then you've got to have a terminal at each. Industry essentially to be able to say, yeah, I've set this card out, and now the the industry has the card, and you don't, and, and to pick up the pickups. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting concept, though. Yeah, what's
3: that, Dan? Say that again, please. It's, it's an interesting concept, though, to think about doing it electronically, uh, something where where you're not working from hard paper, but you're actually working from something that, that's more computerized. Ideally, you know, that that would be cool if you could run it not with an iPhone, but more with a tablet, where you could you could have your screen up there, you could be clicking, okay, this car has been, been spotted, that car has been spotted, I need to get that one, uh, these cars need to be pulled, okay, they're pulled, and you can have it much more uh, interactive uh, while you're actually doing it. Again, I think the key thing is being able to have a space where you can set that iPad down in your area to work, it's not gonna get knocked on the floor, you, you have you have room to, to to do the work you need to with it uh, but you know it always comes back to me of you know, I want to run trains not a computer not an yeah. iPhone so no matter what I just want the system to enhance my enjoyment of the hobby
0: yeah I think, I think Craig Bisguiyer invented the program called here to there where they move cars around but it's handy for a yard master like you said. I also know some people use RFD, RFID tags. I think that's what they're called on their cars. It's kind of like a reader that they go by. I've seen that. But I just wonder, you know, the, the car card waybill is such a innovative system because of the self-healing method, because of the the low tech, of, because of all the other things that it'll always be around. And I it's interesting how people adapt it with the color coding or the eliminating of the waybill altogether. That's what I was wondering if is there a future for this? And I, I I, still think there is. I still think there's a future for the handheld car routing device that uh, that is the car, card, in waybill.
3: Maybe we should. Well, go. it didn't evolve from nothing. It, people use it because it works well. Maybe we should all go to pins on top of our cars, little colored pins.
0: Caveman rearheading. What color would you use? Me and John <laughs> Allen. John Allen and I, yeah. It's about caveman routing. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. But that's another thing, because I'd like to have more discussions on car routing. So anybody else got anything to add here? You want to talk anything, Ken?
2: No, I, uh, I, I've i enjoyed this. This has been really uh, really interesting. Even though I, I don't use car car, car cards, I, I have enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tom, for putting that together. It's interesting to hear other people's thoughts. Expand, expand on your own when you're you know, trying to get a point across is when you... Kind
3: of really learn your system well. Yeah, it's been it's been great. I do think that for, for anybody who's who's a neophyte at this, the best way to learn is is just to try it. You know, that nothing will teach you like four or five different layouts of operating. You know, and once you have that, I think you'll, you'll start to feel more confident and just better able to manage operations and be more about enjoying enjoying your process rather than struggling to master the process.
2: Right. Tom mentioned also two-man crews, and that's a good way if you're getting started uh, to go out with a more experienced operator where you can have the car cards, you can do all, do everything, but have somebody there that can help you if you get a question. Yes.
1: Anecdotally, um, I went and operated on Bill Darnaby's layout a couple of years ago and was um, assigned to Beach City and it's a switching location, and the trains all come through and drop off cars. And Chet French, who was an Illinois Central conductor, was assigned to help me out. And so walked over to this town, and I grabbed the throttle and was ready to start switching. And he had to beat me off with a stick to keep me from switching and so he could make switch lists. And I was impatient, but then when he finally got all the switch lists made from the car cards, it was fantastic. I had a great time town switched out correctly and, and i'm doing it and all that kind of stuff in what he considered record time which was like two and a half hours so it was really a lot of fun and and uh I, i'm glad that i was able to be patient enough to let him write his switch list so
0: that that is interesting. Yeah, there's nothing like working with experienced guy. yeah yeah that is interesting. and like i said if not a two-man crew i would hope you know the layout owner is always there to answer questions i I'm a firm believer and no one wants to run their own layout at a session, but <laughs> I, do. I also like having someone besides the layout owner to answer questions. If the layout's big enough. Yep. Right. Two man crew. There's the train master, the general person, you know, what am I doing here? Sort of thing. Well,
1: I think that we also have to get away from the gotcha thing. Right. And, and that's fun for the normal crew members or guys that have been over a bunch to have things changed up a little bit, you know, run a lumber train or run the coal train if you normally don't. But then you want to avoid that when you have new folks because they don't may not know any better. So it's not interesting to them. It's just another curveball you've undocumented and
0: thrown them. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I like the opinions here, like car cards, Like I said, Joe, you're the only one of us four actually using it. But all of us have operated on many layouts that have it. And I think this discussion was brought up by the point where people were telling me, well, it's car cards and wave bill. You've operated on it before. And I say, well, everyone does it different and the layout owners always look at you funny. And I'm like, yeah, everyone has a nuance yeah. of how they're prepare the meal. And, and I, and that's what I wanted to get at here. And I think we discussed many of them. So, all right, guys, thank you. Thank you for your discussion. We'll continue this on our next ops podcast. If any of you, Listening, has a question? You can give us an email and we'll get our panel to answer it on Operator. Thanks, Tom.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. Take care. All right, guys.
0: podcast of the Twin Cities Division. You can find us on Facebook in our group, the Twin Cities Division of the NMRA. You can email us at tcdnmra at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe for future podcasts.